0: You're listening to Car Seat Questions, a podcast for parents of curious kids. I'm Lauren.
1: And I'm Eddie. And if you're anything like us, you either have a kid or you care for a kid with questions. Questions about all sorts of things. So
0: for the next half hour, hop into the passenger seat, buckle your belt, and become childlike with us as the Lord takes us where he wants us to go.
1: Enjoy the show.
0: well everyone welcome to this week's episode of car seat questions thanks so much for joining us and thank you dr del rosario for joining us we're glad to have you um if you could just start off telling us a little bit about who you are what you do your family
2: sure thanks so much lauren for having me on the show and eddie too um i teach bible at the uh, moody bible institute i teach in the bible theology department apologetics philosophy Bible introduction and New Testament survey right now. Awesome. Love doing that. And because one of my passions is helping Christians find clear answers to mm-hmm. tough questions that they have about mm-hmm. God, Jesus, and the Bible, and then also to be help, help them to be able to turn around and explain their faith with courage and compassion, because yeah. I think we need both. So I'm from the Philippines, uh, actually I was born in Evanston, mm-hmm. and then I left there when I was three. So I didn't know anything about Chicago, <laughs> mm-hmm. but uh, grew up mostly in the Philippines, uh, but then came to America, quote unquote, as an adult to mm-hmm. uh, go to college. So I have the uh, full immigrant experience with a blue passport.
0: Oh, and, right. <laughs> yeah.
2: So not so normal Asian American yeah. experience as well. But yeah, I have one son and he's he's here at Moody as well.
0: Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah, That's fun. Uh, my dad used to be a professor at Moody and I went to Moody when he was teaching here. So it's fun. It's a fun experience to have your parent here. Yeah. You can just like run to their office when you need.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I had my son in the New Testament survey class with oh, 140 yes. plus students and I had these faculty assistants helping me grade. And I told him, but I will always grade yours. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes. yes. I never took my dad's class because I was like, I don't, I don't want that. Maybe if it was like, just like quizzes or something, but he did um, teaching the Bible practicum and I was like, I don't need you like telling me how I did teaching the Bible. <laughs> oh, so thank you.
1: So. so I have a question about NT survey these days because <laughs> when we took it, um, we had to write, so you read through the entire, we had to read through the entire new Testament mm-hmm. twice. And then we had to write like a minimum 10 page paper yeah. on what we read. Is that still a requirement for NT survey these days? And for our listeners, if you've been following along, Lorna and I are Moody grads. Yeah. So we can empathize with those who had to write <laughs> 10 page plus papers.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, it depends on the professor. So we have some latitude in in what we do. So I know other professors will ask students to write summaries of the books that they read. Mm -hmm. I ask them to do creative engagement. So Mm -hmm. for example, I'll ask them to summarize it, but I'll summarize it like this. I'll say, you've been tasked by a uh, a Netflix type streaming service to create, uh, say the book of Acts. Okay. Now I want you to create a title for the thumbnail Mm -hmm. that tells us what this chapter is about. And an intriguing uh, description that will tell us what that show is about, you know? Oh, that's cool. So it might be something like, uh, you know, a sorcerer offers money for supernatural power, you know? It's like, <laughs> See, like, why <laughs> can't
1: we have that?
2: I mean, it's I like, love I'll Dr. Like Marty. Dr. Marty was cool, but... Shout out. Yeah. Yes. It
1: the, was a lot. the papers were a bit of a drag sometimes, but that that sounds really cool. Yeah, I would have re- cool. really much enjoyed Gets that. It's
0: the heart of like, what is this chapter about?
2: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that's cool. Well, today we're going to talk about how can we know that Jesus is real Mm -hmm. and not even just like the Jesus of our Bibles, but like a historical, true, real person. And and then how do we tell our kids that, that, you know, other people know that Jesus is real too, not just Christians. And so how would you talk to your kids about knowing Jesus was a historical figure in other cultures and other historical texts and religions, but they don't necessarily think that he is also God or the Messiah? How do you kind of go about that? He's a person that other people believe in believe is true, but not in the same ways that we do.
2: Yeah. Well um, we have these kind of worldview glasses that we all have, you know, Yeah, Uh, that's a way that we see the world. And so for some people um, they they'll say things that aren't true. And so Mm -hmm. I I tell my kids, you know, there's, there's my kids I only have one, but I'll tell you, (laughs) know, youth group kids or or elementary kids that I'm working with at church or something. um, People say things that aren't true sometimes. Mm -hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that there isn't actually truth. Mm. I remember when my, uh, <laughs> there was a time where this one kid was telling another kid, those aren't your parents. They're my parents. You know? <laughs> and like the kid was getting so flustered, like, "Oh, no, they're my parents. And <laughs> like, you know, that's not true. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes people just get confused about things. When my son was little, there was a kid at his school who uh, got in trouble because he went around telling everybody that, uh, that uh, Justin Bieber was dead. Oh and these girls were like so yes. mad and distraught and crying and well, he thought that it Justin Bieber was Michael Jackson when Michael Jackson <laughs> died. Mm. Some people are just confused yes. yes, and other people only have some of the story only believe part of the story about who Jesus is that we read in the Bible. So mm-hmm. for example, in Islam, um, Muslims believe that Jesus was a prophet, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but he was just a man in uh, the Watchtower organization, Mm -hmm. Jehovah's Witnesses. They'll believe that Jesus is the greatest man who ever lived, but Mm. only a man. But the Bible gives us the whole story about who Jesus is. He is the greatest man who ever lived, but he's Mm -hmm. not just a man. He's more than a man. Mm -hmm. He's actually God. And so just because people disagree on things, it doesn't mean that there isn't actual truth. So I might Mm. use some illustrations about, remember when your friend said that, you know, that's not true, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, or sometimes they only see a partial truth. And the Bible gives us the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. But nobody thinks that Jesus was just a made up, you know, fictitious character mm-hmm. from from a cartoon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, even people who don't follow Jesus believe and know that Jesus was a real historical person because there's so much evidence right. um, that even people who are atheists or people come from a Jewish background um, can say, yeah, there was a real human being named Jesus and we have evidence that he existed.
0: Yeah, and right. that he was like a good person and he did good things. Mm-hmm.
2: Mm-hmm, just mm-hmm. maybe
0: not to the full extent that, the Bible talks about.
1: Yeah. That's what I find so interesting about conversations about Jesus, right? Like there's evidence that he was real and nobody ever says, well, you know, Jesus never existed or, you know, Jesus is was never, mm-hmm. was never real, you know, but like when you talk to people, that's never the case, which I always find so interesting, right? When you're talking to others who are maybe not believers, right? But they know that you are. And so they ask you questions and they look at you like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you know, but, but again, there's never like a, there's never like a, a sense of like, you're crazy in the fact that you think Jesus is real, right? It's always like the, the believing in him is what people are just like, ah, eh, that's, you know, that's, mm-hmm.
2: I don't there, understand. There are some people who say that Jesus is a myth that never existed. They're a very small mm. group of people and you'll find kind of conspiracy theories on mm. YouTube and stuff <laughs> about, there's a, a video called Zeitgeist that's a couple decades or so old that, still people are referencing this video, like, oh, Jesus was just a copy of these pagan Mm. myths, pagan gods, you know, but if you actually look at these pagan gods, they're nothing like Jesus. Mm -hmm. Or you have to take little bits of all these different stories and say, well, that's kind of like Jesus. That's kind of like Jesus. This guy had disciples, this guy, you know, Uh, so, but it's nothing at all. So if anyone says to you, Jesus was just a myth, Go back to the stories mm. that uh, they say he's a copy of this and then look at it and you'll see that actually it wasn't a copy mm. at all of that story. The virgin birth is a great one that people say, oh, that was just made up because it was just like Mithras, this, this uh, mystery religion from the ancient world. But if you look at Mithras, he wasn't born of a virgin at all. He was born mm. as a full grown adult coming out of the side oh. of a solid rock. Oh, mm. <laughs> you want to call a big mountain a virgin? That, that's <laughs> the only yeah, way that's That makes work? sense. You know, yeah. so you actually go back to the stories and there's virtually every critical scholar mm. believes Jesus is real. In fact, even the famous or infamous uh, atheist scholar, Bart Ehrman, has a whole book called Did Jesus Exist? Spoiler alert. Yes. Mm-hmm. And you can still be an atheist and believe yeah. that Jesus existed.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For kids who are, you know, maybe more visual and they're not quite old enough to understand, um, like, historical things. What if they say, well, how do we know Jesus existed, but there's no
2: pictures of him? That's such a great question. <laughs> because... If you're a real person, then clearly someone can just take a picture of you, right? right? You're, you're Especially in like today's a, age, yes. Yeah. A, a <laughs> spirit that's just invisible or something, mm-hmm. right? And there's this whole idea of IG or it didn't happen, right? It's yes. been around yes. uh, <laughs> for a while, right? Since <laughs> since uh, social media got big. Well, what a great question. What a great place to start. Because first of all, just to tell kids, we, there were no phones <laughs> and yeah. cameras back in the day. And so if we wanted to have a depiction of someone, somebody would have to have drawn it, you know, Mm -hmm. put a pen to the paper or or on a wall or something. Mm -hmm. And we actually do, what's interesting is we actually do have depictions of Jesus that his friends and his enemies Mm. made of him. In fact, one of the earliest depictions of Jesus was a piece of graffiti Mm -hmm. um, making fun of a Christian. um, His name is Alex Amenos, but I'll just, I'll call him Alex if I'm talking to a little kid. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a guy named Alex and some mean people were making fun of him, worshiping Jesus. And they they drew Jesus on the cross in kind of a crass way, mm. um, but still Jesus enemies depicting, here's a real person. And, mm-hmm. and how weird that you're worshiping a crucified man. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the other ones I really like is there was a, a baptistry that was discovered in a house church from the third century. And mm. the earliest depiction of Jesus miracles is the healing of the paralytic in Mark chapter two. And there's actually a picture of Jesus. And then the man's lying down on the right-hand side. And then on the left-hand side, it's kind of like a comic in reverse, at least for us in our Western order. Right. <laughs> and then he's, he's healed and holding his bed up mm-hmm. on the left-hand side. And so there's things like that. There's uh, the Magi adoring Jesus. We have mm-hmm. depictions of that on a, on a sarcophagus. Mm-hmm. And so you think about the incarnation, what's so unique actually about one thing that's unique about Jesus is that we can depict him Mm. that he is a real person that you can see. And if there were cameras back in the day, you could take a picture of him. (laughs) Someone would have. But since they weren't, uh, we can draw him. Yeah, And it's really fascinating. Even look at the history of art Mm -hmm. and all the ways Jesus has been depicted. Many of these depictions have kind of a raised eyebrow, Mm. kind of a forked beard and a nose that's kind of off to the side. And one theory is that the Shroud of Turin, which is a a burial cloth, a burial shroud. Some people believe it's the burial shroud of Jesus that has a burn mark on it. That's mm-hmm. basically uh, an image of a crucified man has that same raised eyebrow, nose over to the side. Wow. And there's a double forked beard only because there's a chin strap on it for mm-hmm. rigor mortis to keep the mm-hmm. jaw in place. And so you look at these Ponticrator type icons um, from the Hagia Sophia, that say Christ, Jesus, Savior, Christ, Savior on them. some of these things have some similar Hmm. um, characteristics because they go back to uh, what some people believe Jesus really looked like.
0: Oh, that's cool. I didn't know about the shroud having a burn in it. Mm. I think I'd heard about that, but that's
2: interesting. Yeah. So the image formation on the shroud is actually burn marks. It's not paint. Oh, It's burn marks on the top two fibers of it. So if you took the lightest grade sandpaper and went, you'd take it away. Oh, So the question is why do dead bodies don't give off heat? Right. What on earth Mm. caused that? Mm-hmm. for those who believe that the shroud may very well be the burial shroud of Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, the theory is that Jesus body emitted some kind of radiation mm-hmm. when he uh, rose from the dead, because there's no evidence of anything else like that. I mean, there's right. no explanation for how that image got on there. Yeah. It's very interesting. It um, that's not the first thing I would talk to, yeah. you know, <laughs> talk to somebody <laughs> about depressed? as evidence for Jesus, yeah. but uh, it's very interesting to, to look into. Yeah.
1: Yeah. yeah. So you had mentioned like the, the drawing of the, uh, the, the miracle of the, of the paralytic. Yeah. So it's like how, like, how do we know Jesus did these miracles? Mm-hmm. And were these people like, was it just by the stories or like, how do we, how do we know that we, that he did them?
2: Yeah. Well, I think for a, a child, I would make sure they know there's a difference between true stories and make believe stories. Mm-hmm. So there's fun stories that we make, make up just for fun. And then there's things that actually happen. Like you remember when we went to the beach, like that really happened. Like I could tell a story to, you could tell your grandma about when we went to the beach you're telling a true story. So there's Mm -hmm. a difference, right? When things happened thousands of years ago, historians try to figure out what happened in the past and they can only study what we call surviving traces of those past events. So maybe you brought back a seashell or something, you know, Mm -hmm. to show grandma, or maybe there was a picture of us, you know, at the beach. So what are the surviving traces of past events when historians look at Bible times? Well, we look at texts and we try to see how sure can we be how strong is the evidence that this story was real versus made up. Mm -hmm. And there are rules of evidence that come into play that historians use. And so they'll look at something like the healing of the paralytic. And when Jesus says, for example, son, your sins are forgiven. um, What's the likelihood that that was just made up randomly? Mm -hmm. Well, there's a rule of evidence that applies that historical Jesus scholars use, and it's called coherence. And in this case, it actually matches up with something else that Jesus said in Luke seven, The woman who anointed his feet, he Mm. told her, your sins are forgiven. So it's not the only time Jesus said Mm -hmm. something like that. When Jesus said um, in verse 10, so that you may know that the son of man is authority on earth to forgive sins. I tell you, get up and walk. Things like that. Historians will say, well, Jesus is the only one who calls himself son of man. No one else calls him son of man. Mm. It's always Jesus in the gospels. Actually one time it's not him, but he's quoting Jesus. (laughs) Outside the gospels, the writings of Paul, anywhere else in the New Testament, we don't call Jesus the son of man. How many worship songs do you know that calls Jesus the son of man? (laughs) Right. Very few, right? So it's not something that the church would have made up. So historians have rules like this that come Mm -hmm. into play. and These things are called the criteria of authenticity. And the more of these things apply, then the higher the likelihood is that Mm. these sayings go back to Jesus or the story does, because these sayings also make the core event more plausible. Because why Mm. would you preserve a saying wholly apart from a story? Mm -hmm. Son, your sins are forgiven. Is not really like a, you know, a bumper sticker kind of thing, you know, (laughs) to think about. Um, You know, you tell your kid, if you see a a t-shirt that someone has that says, may the force be with you on it, uh, you probably know that from the Star Wars universe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That came out in 1977, the very first Star Wars movie. Why has it been preserved in the popular culture for 46 years? Mm -hmm. Precisely because it had a context in the Star Wars universe. It's pretty meaningless, just without a context. Mm -hmm. Same principle applies when you're talking about true stories that uh, we have these sayings of Jesus that have been preserved, that increases the probability that these core events happened. And mm-hmm. this is very different than the way we normally think about the Bible in church. When you're talking mm-hmm. to an atheist or a Jewish person or somebody who doesn't believe the Bible is the word of God. So they can't trust it just by right. reading it. Um, these things can be helpful in helping them see, oh, this is how historians actually validate and corroborate mm-hmm. some of the key things about Jesus in his life.
0: Would that also be like the four gospels where they're telling the same stories And it's like, well, how would four people have the exact same stories if they're just made up? Mm -hmm. They wouldn't each be telling the same story. Is that like similar in that way? Like that kind of criteria? Yeah. So
2: there's corroboration there. Sometimes something is what we call in the triple tradition where it appears in the three synoptics. Mm -hmm. Um, But also you want to look at things like the differences. The differences Mm -hmm. are important too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If we all saw a traffic accident outside and the campus police came to take our statement and it was verbatim exactly the same words, they'd think that we got into a room and memorized (laughs) this answer, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we don't have verbatim the exact same, if you read The Healing of the Paralytic in uh, Luke and you read it in Mark, it's not exactly the same. Some parts are exactly the same, Mm -hmm. Uh, but other parts aren't. Sometimes people will include different details, leave different details out. So that also increases the probability Mm -hmm. that these stories are actually um, from eyewitnesses. Mm -hmm. Uh, We would leave things out or add new details, just like a a criminal investigator would want to figure that out if they were interviewing people, you know, did you guys just make make this up and then right. collude Together, on it or yeah. not. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. What evidence can we share with children that Jesus had a body like ours and did live and that he did die and was resurrected. How can we share that with kids?
2: Yeah. Jesus body being like ours. Well, we know that Jesus wept. One of mm-hmm. the, the, mm. the, short verse of the Bible, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> John 11, Jesus wept when his friend died, mm-hmm. um, depending on how old the kid is, you know, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe he knows a friend. Who has died or maybe his grandma died or something, mm-hmm. you know, and you can think, you know, how sad. Yeah. And that Jesus feels that emotion too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And he's just like us in that, in that regard, he also got sleepy. And uh, <laughs> in Mark four, he fell asleep on the cushion of a, of this uh, on the bench there. He had this cushion when, before he stilled the storm. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can go to the Bible and find things like that. He also got tired after he walked a really long way in the heat of the day. And he sat down with the Samaritan woman in, uh, in John four. Yeah. And he asked her for a drink. Why? Cause he was thirsty. So in, in many ways, Jesus really was um, like us. Cause he had a real human body. Mm-hmm. He was a real human person. And uh, he felt that full range of emotions. He got tired. He got sad. And uh, he got hungry and, you know, mm-hmm. so in terms of Jesus death, wow. The crucifixion of Jesus is one of the bedrock facts of the historical Jesus. Mm-hmm. Even atheist scholars, Jewish scholars will all agree that Jesus was mm. crucified is as sure as anything historical can ever be. Well, wow. that's, that's actually a quote from John Dominic Crossan, who was part of the, uh, the Jesus seminar, a very highly skeptical group in the nineties mm. Marcus Borg has uh, a verbatim same quote almost. And uh, he was also on that, uh, on that group. So yeah. Um, Jesus' crucifixion, one of the the surest things about the historical Jesus that everyone can agree on. Mm. So he certainly died and had a body that could sustain injuries like ours.
0: Yeah. And probably then the most, I would assume, disputed fact is that he was resurrected.
2: Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: And so how can we talk with our children about, yeah, we believe he was resurrected and some other people don't. Because up until now, we all agree that he's a person. Mm -hmm. We all agree that he was crucified. But the kind of the turning point is that Christians believe that he was resurrected when yeah. others don't.
2: Yeah. Well, one way that historians can look at the, the evidence surrounding Jesus' resurrection story is to say, what are the things that basically everybody agrees on mm-hmm. from your atheist and Jewish scholars, all the way to your Christian scholars and, and everywhere in between, you know? Um, so we could tell our children that there are facts about the resurrection that everybody agrees on mm. and the resurrection of Jesus is the best explanation for those facts. So for example, that Jesus was crucified is as sure as anything historical can ever be. That's for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, Doesn't matter if you're an atheist or a a Jewish scholar, you can take that to the bank. That's real. Mm -hmm. Now, the disciples had real experiences that they believed, at least that they believed were experiences of the risen Jesus. Mm -hmm. And virtually every critical scholar will agree with that as well, because the evidence is so strong. This is what they went around preaching and they really Mm -hmm. believed it. And they were even willing to put themselves in harm's way for that testimony the church persecutor Paul was converted as well. That's Mm -hmm. an amazing fact because he wasn't in a position to hallucinate seeing Mm -hmm. Jesus or hearing him. He didn't miss Jesus so much that he just kind of saw Jesus everywhere. And so what caused that, that change in him? And then the empty tomb is another one that uh, most critical scholars will grant that Jesus' tomb was Mm -hmm. found empty by his women disciples, by some Mm -hmm. of his women disciples. And so there could be a theory like, well, it could be that uh, somebody stole the body, yeah. All right. Well, let's just think through that. Did Paul become a Christian because of an empty <laughs> tomb? No. He says he saw Jesus. Yeah. Um, the disciples didn't become Christians or didn't believe in the resurrection as, as the first Christians because of an empty tomb. It's because they saw Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. They saw Jesus. Otherwise they would think someone stole the body. So cycle through all these things and you want to see what is the best explanation historically for it. And there's kind of out there explanations, you know, that, you know, it could be that some space alien zapped up <laughs> Jesus body in the tomb and you know, conspiracy theory, right? Yeah. But what's most likely, what makes the most sense. And this is where the worldview glasses come into play. Cause mm-hmm. for some people who say miracles are absolutely impossible, then any explanation is going to be better for them, mm. right? Than resurrection. But uh, Jesus being known as a miracle worker, that's another fact of the historical Jesus. It wouldn't be um, unexpected or out of the ordinary to say, Jesus did miraculous things. His birth was miraculous. And mm-hmm. even his resurrection was miraculous too. Yeah. He didn't just come back to life uh, spontaneously, right. you know, naturalistically, mm-hmm. dead people don't come back to life all on their own. Yeah. Mm. Only if God raises someone from the dead. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's what I would say. It's a worldview issue as well, but we have historical evidence that increases the probability that that's the best explanation for what mm-hmm. happened.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think just recently, um, Trey has started That's to ask, <laughs> yeah, Trey's our son. Sorry. For those who've been following, who have not, who are his first time tuning in, Trey is the name of our three-year-old son. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, so he just started to get really curious about God hmm. and church. Um, he just moved up to the next age group in Sunday school. So it was a lot more, um, interactive things that they do uh, as opposed to just like playing for, you know, two hours or <laughs> yeah. whatever. Um, so uh, a couple weeks ago in the car, um, he started to ask about God. Cause we've been telling him like, he asked, why do we go to church? I was like, well, we, we go to church to, to worship. We, learn, we go to church to learn about God and Jesus and uh, you know, be in community with others. And uh, in the car he asked, you know, uh, where is God? <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, well, I'm glad Lauren's back there because <laughs> <laughs> she could take this, she could take the first stab at this one. And he, he asked like, well, you know, where's God? And, and Lauren was like, explaining to him, well, you know, God's everywhere. So, so he's like, oh, so God is in the front seat with daddy <laughs> driving the car. And it's just like, yes, you know, but it's, 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 it's starting to become more of a um, curiosity thing for him, right? This, this, uh, being or, uh, you know, however he views it, right. It's something that we're talking about, Mm -hmm. but he's everywhere and we can't see him, you know? So he's, it's it's like starting to like, the wheels are turning in his head and like, Mm -hmm. what, like, what is this that we're talking about? So it's just so interesting, right. That he's starting to ask Mm -hmm. us about, you know, God and Jesus. And so.
0: Yeah. Or we say we're going to church, you know, to learn about Jesus and he goes, why do we learn about Jesus? (laughs) And it's like, Oh my gosh, I wasn't prepared for this. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's cool to see their minds turning and mm-hmm. asking those questions. And they're always other like, weird times. Mm-hmm. I happened to be recording some, like he was singing in the car. And so I was recording him <laughs> and then he stops and goes, where is God? And I was like, Oh <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, well, let me think about this. How do I, how do I handle this for a three-year-old? So yeah, it's cool to see there wheels to start turning and like thinking about things that you don't expect them to, especially at these ages. Mm -hmm. Is there a way to talk about how Jesus is real without using the Bible alone? Maybe for those that, you know, don't believe that the Bible is true. Is there a way to talk about, yeah, Jesus is real without using the Bible, you know, just for that. Like that's not the sole way to tell them about that.
2: Yeah. I think we we want to go straight to the Bible because for us, it's obviously it's right. the highest authority and it's yeah. the word of God and, but other people don't see it that way. Yeah. And so sometimes people are uncomfortable just starting with the Bible, but they might be mm-hmm. okay. Starting with history, thinking about Jesus yeah. as a figure in ancient history. And so there are a couple of sources that we could go to outside the Bible, but we do want to ask questions of people, whether it's our own kids or someone who's asking a question like that to ask them, what, what is the standard of proof that they have? Mm. If Jesus did exist, what would you expect to find? Mm -hmm. If someone says, I need, you know, the 4k live streaming version of (laughs) rising from the dead, you know, to believe the resurrection um, or, you know, feeding the 5,000 or something. Mm -hmm. Well, that's just not going to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, But we can point people to, if Jesus was a real person, we would expect to find all these different things about him. Um, But if you think about it, Jesus really wasn't that, big of a deal, if I can say it that way, Mm -hmm. in the greater Roman empire while he was living in Galilee. And it wasn't until later when Christianity became more of a thing Mm -hmm. that uh, people who weren't Christian began writing about him. Mm -hmm. So there's a Jewish historian in the first century by the name of Josephus, who wrote a 20 volume set called the Antiquities of the Jews. And in book 18 and book 20, he mentions Jesus. Mm -hmm. In book 18, he says, there was at this time, Jesus, a wise man. And he goes on to say that Jesus was known as a miracle worker. He did these amazing deeds that he, there was a clash with the Jewish leadership and they delivered him up to Pilate and that he was crucified and that Jews and Greeks followed him. So there's, there's lots of things we can learn from Jesus about Jesus, just even from people who are enemies of the Christian faith or not Christians. Mm-hmm. In book 18, he mentions those things. In book 20, he mentions Jesus again, when he talks about James, Jesus' brother, and he says, James, the brother of the one who was called the Christ was put on trial in Jerusalem. Mm. And so we actually learn a lot of things about Jesus, even just from Josephus. Mm-hmm. Tacitus is another, uh, this is a Roman senator, Roman historian, and he's writing in um, the second century about um, Jesus. Also corroborating this Jesus being crucified under Pontius Pilate. And so these things are actually an invitation for us to go to the Bible. And so for people who aren't comfortable starting with the Bible, we can show them some of these sources outside the Bible and say, but where is, where does the portrait of Jesus actually come from? You -hmm. know, because what came before that, you know, the gospels, Mm -hmm. even if you look in other religions in the Quran, it says that Jesus was a miracle worker, but there are actually no stories about Jesus working miracles. There's no narrative accounts in Mm -hmm. the Quran. So you could tell your Muslim friend, do you want to see where Jesus actually did the miracles? You know what, where the stories are, the Quran says Mm -hmm. he's a miracle worker. Why was he known as a miracle worker? Because of the stories and they're in the Bible. So we can point people to the Bible and that's what history does. It actually is an invitation to point us Hmm. to uh, read the gospels and consider the stories that are in there.
0: Yeah. What's one thing you would want to maybe leave children with, say maybe like elementary school and younger and leave them with about Jesus being a real historical person. What is something you'd want them each to take with them? maybe from this episode or from today or from their parents. I
2: think I will say that Jesus is a unique person in human history. Mm. There's no one who ever lived like him because he claimed to be divine. Mm. He claimed Mm. to be God. He claimed to possess divine authority, authority over heaven and Mm. earth. He claimed to have authority on earth to forgive sins. In that text that we looked at, he claimed to have authority in heaven to judge sins as well. He claimed to have authority in heaven and on earth over all of reality. No one ever did that. Even some of these um, rulers like Caesar Augustus or Alexander, that some people yeah. thought these guys might be divine in some sense. No one thought they had authority over all of reality. They were just lower gods in a, a larger yeah. pantheon. And so there's no one like Jesus, but he's also, so he's unlike us in that sense, but he's also very much like us mm. in another sense. Cause he was a kid too. And he grew up mm. yeah. and the Bible says that he tabernacled among us, you know, he mm-hmm. made his dwelling among us. So he's close to us. He's the God of the universe, but he's also close to you. He wants to be close to you and he wants to have a personal relationship with you. Mm-hmm. So I think that's awesome. Is just to leave them with, he's not just a figure locked in history. Yes. He's a figure in history, but he's alive today mm-hmm. and he loves you. He can forgive your sins. Just like he gave, forgave the uh, paralytic sins. Mm-hmm. And if he is the Lord, then he needs to be Lord over all our lives. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Del Rosario for being with us and sharing your wisdom with us and how we can teach our kids about Jesus as a person, um, not only in our Bibles, but in other people's historical texts too, and how to share him with other people that may not necessarily believe that he is God, that there are ways to share him with others. So thanks for your time.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much, Lauren. Thanks, Eddie.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. It was really great. And again, like with our son, just starting to become curious about God and Jesus this is like a really cool yeah it's cool prime thing. time for yeah. us <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah
0: and thank you to our listener for joining us uh, for this week be sure to rate and review and subscribe we only want five stars on those reviews and some nice comments because that helps us and makes other people be able to see the podcast as well uh, dr- episodes drop every Wednesday so be sure to come back next Wednesday for the next episode
1: and Dr. Delazario with all of our episodes we like to close with a benediction If you please join us in that. To him who is able to do far more than we can understand, may he give us the wisdom to raise our children to first love God above all else and love others as themselves. Go in peace.